Hello everyone, HJ here. Welcome to episode 41 and the beginning of Dear Fandom's second volume. After a year of sporadic updates due to professional and personal developments in each of our lives, Megan and I are ready to embark on another round of episodes. We're hoping to update about every two to three weeks starting February 1st, 2022, and we'll be covering some tried and true favorites such as Beastars, Umbrella Academy, and The Witcher as well as covering territory we've never discussed before, including expanding our series on online creators and discussing more fandom-related topics. Thanks for sticking with us, and we hope you enjoy today's episode on the updated version of the classic Zelda game, Skyward Sword. Thank you! Hi there! Welcome to Dear Fandom, where everything you like is terrible. And that's okay! I'm Megan. And I'm HJ. And welcome to 2020. Happy New Year, everyone. It's 2020. 2020, 2022. Are you sure? Are we sure? Like, I think we're just starting over, right? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's the rewind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we just now, because it's of how horrible it's been, we're just going to go back a year and just, like, restart a bit, right? It's fine just to retcon everything. (laughs) I think that's what we need to do. And so, speaking of retconning, it actually doesn't have anything to do with retconning. In fact, it has to do with cementing a universe. But I'm going to add an additional notch in our Megan Talks About Zelda belt by talking about The Legend of Zelda, uh, Skyward Sword, specifically. As I'm sure you know, or I desperately hope you know by now, I am a gigantic fan of the Zelda series. And I've gone so far as to have a thigh tattoo of Zelda in i believe it's i think it's uh a link to the past i have the tattoo of the zelda design from link to the past on my thigh so she's had several designs throughout the series regardless i'm a big fan of the series Yeah, you um the rehearsal dinner had a legend of zelda cake yes my uh, also my rehearsal dinner for my wedding with my husband we had the hylian shield as the cake for the like the just like everyone to chill out and enjoy and um, the biggest gonna... disappointment was that it, that cake got thrown out before we could all finish it. <laughs> yeah, A, why? <laughs> that cake was better than your wedding cake, I will say. <laughs> it was a super nice cake. We really enjoyed it. And, like, uh, the Hylian Shield was just, like, a really cool design. We saw that the baker had done it before, and we were like, great, if you've done it before, we want that as well. Um. So, all right. So, uh, last time we talked about Legend of Zelda, I didn't get to have as big of an overview as I had hoped. So I'm just going to, so with this, I'm just going to start with the basics of this game specifically. So The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, I'm just going to just refer to it as Skyward Sword from here on out. It was released originally for the Wii and Wii U in November of 2011. So I was 21 and it was for a system, it was mostly for the Wii U system. It was a, a game that was meant to like showcase these uh, movements, the joystick movements, uh, not the joystick movement, the Joy-Con movements of... Um, uh, no, Joy-Con is for Nintendo Switch. The Wiimote movements. <laughs> is that the... It's okay. Please assume I know nothing about video games at all, ever. Okay, you got is it. The Wiimote, the, is the Wiimote the little spinny thing, or is the Wiimote the little microphone thing? Like the... So, okay, so we so we is from 10 years ago. So when there was the... So you had the, the little, like, white box, like looking thing okay. that had a little remote with a little like you know a uh, bar atta- like that little bracelet attached to it so the kids wouldn't destroy their tvs so that's the wii mode that's the wii mode okay. so when this game came out it was meant to show off motion controls of the wii mode that's cool it was yeah it was a pretty it was a pretty nice cool thing um it was a pretty big like the like uh like at the time, this game in general, uh, due to the release on the Wii U and the Wii, uh, was it became a very divisive game because a lot of people had a lot of different experiences with it. So they re-released it for the Nintendo Switch. Like, they remastered it. Um, uh, so, sorry, just really quickly before I move on, I want to point out that the original ticket price back in 2011 was $50. And now it's been remastered and re-released for the Nintendo Switch as a celebration of The Legend of Zelda's 35th anniversary. It was released in July of 2021. And, like, so we were all expecting, because it was the 35th anniversary of Zelda and the 35th anniversary of uh, Mario was the year prior, 2020. So, and Mario had gotten a re-release of, of three Mario games all in one, so we were expecting something similar, and it was just Skyward Sword, and also Breath of the Wild 2 will be released this year in 2022, most likely towards the end. Um, so, it was, you know, something. I love the series. I'll take it. I've never played this game. So, 
I was 21 in November, and my mom, I was like, imagine me spending money on video games and not, you know, alcohol and food all of the time. Megan, what are you, <laughs> Megan, what are you doing? Are you in high school again or something? Know, Come right? on. No, in high school, like, but as soon as I was legally able to purchase alcohol, why would I purchase video games? Yeah, no, I mean, vibes. It was a moment. Um, So, <laughs> so some key things to remember about Skyward Sword specifically. If you've never played a Legend of Zelda game, this game is the first game in the series canonically, meaning that every game that is listed in the series, every Zelda game you've ever heard of outside of this game comes after it. Um, And if all you know is uh, about Legend of Zelda is the, the characters are named Link and Zelda, then I have very exciting news for you. They're the main characters. You're welcome. Wow. Um, okay, that helps me significantly. I will say that. Right, right. Ganondorf, so who's he? Exa- oh, it's oh, okay, I'm getting that to that in a moment. So number four is the Switch remaster is $60 instead of $50, which has made almost every gamer I know foam at the mouth and shake their fist directly at the Nintendo company as they purchase the game angrily. If okay, okay. First of all, you frothy mouth nerds, listen. <laughs> like, if you're already shelling out $50 for a game, you're in a position of privilege, considering you own the console <laughs> that you have. You can shell out another $10. I thought you were going to say $250. No, no, it was literally 10 bucks more. And it was like a big fucking thing when it was, re- when it was re-released. Everyone's kidding like, me? $10 more? It's the same game. So. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. So, if you want to hear someone shit on... Speaking of that, if you want to hear someone shit on this game for an hour straight, may I recommend uh, the platform YouTube? Um, (laughs) A lot of criticism is levied at this game and it deals with like how big the map is and like how you kind of revisit the same areas and i just personally disagree with this point but i'll talk about that in a bit um and i want to point out that ganon slash ganondorf whatever you want to call him he's actually not in this game that character does not exist in this game uh and Finally, what to remember, the most important thing to remember, is the Legend of Zelda game series was meant for all ages, from children to the elderly. So I won't address the difficulty level, as it is only as difficult as the player decides to make it. A lot of people, you know, when they have issues with difficulty of a game, or how easy or how hard something is, it's totally an objective, uh, you know, view of it, because you have no idea how hard or how easy it is for other people. A hard game may be fun for some, but really uh, just not a pleasant experience for others. So Zelda is a game that you can kind of customize your own difficulty level by instilling your own challenges. Or you can play through it on a really easy mode and figure out how to do it in a really easy, simple way. But regardless, it is a puzzle game first and foremost, and it's not about, you know, how difficult you can make a game. Moving on. The plot. (laughs) (laughs) This seems directed... At somebody. No, I'm this, absolutely it, not a single person. I'm not referencing. Are you sure? Can't, can't think of one. I can't think of several. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> so, I want to wrap up the plot as quickly as possible so that I can move on to talking what I talking about what I love about this game because I feel like way too many people who review video games in general are men and they never really ever kind of expect that there's going to be any other kind of experience than what they are experiencing and you know hey may as well share what i like about it right so plot your link and spoiler alert you literally live on a rock that floats in the clouds and then like like okay so basically the reason that happened is hundreds and hundreds of years ago the local goddess hylia was like oh shit things are getting quite serious on the ground maybe i'll just take all the humans up to the sky because i think demons are gonna come out of that ground and possess them and make them do like the evil things you know and so uh basically cast a little spell and okay. then, like, a bunch, like, a big, big rock, and then, like, a bunch of smaller rocks, and, like, you know, rocks that ha- can, like, fit, like, a bar, or, like, a house, or, like, a farm. <laughs> these all go up in the sky. Like, it's, it's like, 30 or so of these giant areas of ground just around there. Maybe, like, 30,000 feet in the air. Like, we are talking, like, definitely a significant portion above the sky in the sense that the people on the ground don't know that they exist and they don't know that the, the that the people on the ground and by people I use the term people so very loosely I mean things that talk but are not people um. folks beings 
mammals, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, some some are sentient rocks. Some are weird sloths or like armadillos. I'm not sure at this moment. Some can, are okay. We'll get to that. Okay, can, so here we can go. Can I just can I just like brief, very brief detour because I just want to like highlight your verbal wit. Um, the term local goddess is hilarious. Like, is she a member of city council or something like that? Like, she's not okay. like a, a higher goddess. Like, so let me tell you who's exactly the mayor. Um, <laughs> I will exactly let you know. She is absolutely your local goddess because you've got your three main. You know, so so highly is like all right. So basically, I'm in charge of like the land and like organizing things. And then you've got your goddesses of of power who like cultivate the earth of of like uh courage who uh she's stacy in accounting yeah basically she's like you know your local city counselor she's like leslie nope we really love what she does she really cares about humans we're like very big fans of it din Farore, and Nehru, like they love their courage their power but like do they know about people as like a concept no just a construct you know so (laughs) much like other higher up politicians (laughs) (laughs) so as most ga- games, I guess, begin, it's always like a super important event. You're, you know, you're jumping off point. So Link and his big large bird, which is not a metaphor for his penis, have to perform <laughs> a big test, not a metaphor for sex. And when he wins the test, Zelda dresses up as a goddess in the yearly ceremony to dance and thank the winner. Again, not for sex. However, a lot of sexual tension is important to remember that it's only added personally by the gamer individually. And I'm going to let you know that I think these people are having a lot of sex uh, off of the camera that the game decided. It was like, you know, we can't we can't animate porn. That's ridiculous. So, you know, that's why fanfiction.net exists. I'm sorry, we've lost the plot. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We can animate porn, but we shouldn't. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. But what happens is now is that she's dressed up as the goddess and she's like doing her song and dance. What? Wouldn't you know she disappears, kidnapped, what have you. Some guy comes out from out of the sky and you're like, oh no. And then what happens is immediately upon her disappearance, Link finds out just like cascades of information And uh, this is information uh, that's including, but not limited to, that Zelda is the human reincarnation of the goddess Hylia, which makes Link feel super weird about his big large bird, but this time it is his penis. And then the (laughs) ground below is actually not some barren land empty of all life. It's literally like a bunch of different looking sentient creatures. Like one is like a sloth looking thing that like digs underground. Those weird like kiwis from New Zealand. It's like if they were like, you know, just plushy, squishable toys and sentient and also super lazy and also like forest sprites and then you've got like weird anthropomorphic like rock things that are the gorons and technically you never come upon a goron colony you just see like several dudes just chilling and he's like hey i'm gorko what up and you're just like i love how everybody's got such wow the naming convention system in the goron society is lovely uh i love it because we go from gorko and then in breath of the wild it's daruk we love that we love the kind of growth Daruk yes. sounds much more regal and noble, and Gorko sounds truly like a rock person's name. <laughs> <laughs> no, so Daruk is a stone. Gorko's a rock. Gorko's a fucking rock. <laughs> so, okay, so. So, um, wait, uh, so anthrop- Oh, oh, okay, and then the weird seahorse things that, like, live in the middle of, like, a tree, but, like, it's what? water in the middle of a tree. Excuse you know. me? Yeah, you know, it's normal. Right next to where the Kiwi people are, you get your seahorse creatures who've got, like, you know, skirts or tutus or something, and they live near the water dragon, and she's somebody uh, who's around. And wait, wait, wait. Um, And then, then there are adorable robots who uh, are only allowed to be alive if you smack a crystal and they happen to be functioning and operating in about a, I don't know, a 30-foot radius of the crystal. Um, and if another crystal is smacked, then they immediately go back to death. Um, so, you know. Oh, Jesus These Christ. are the inhabitants of Earth and not the sky. Sky is all people. Oh, my God. All people and big, large birds. Not metaphors for dicks. Actual birds. All right. Also, important thing. His sword is alive. I mean it really alive. There's some weird robot of goddess energy. Her name is Fee, and she is like... Literally the embodiment of the sword. Like she is the, so she's like, hey, I'm the spirit who lives inside your sword. And um, one of those cute little, 
Yes. Is this a metaphor for sex? No, this is absolutely a real robot lady who wears like very sensible heels and fishnets with tights underneath to get you that good look. And then a cape, but like a decent like, you know, mid thigh cape. And we enjoy her because she screams at the sky when she sings. So like literally us age 21 to 24. Absolutely. One of the biggest critiques of the original game and the current game and every game is that Fee is terrible and she's annoying, like a la Navi. And I'll let everybody know <clears throat> who has ever been... die for this bitch. <laughs> yeah, I'll let everybody know who's ever, uh, you know, not been able to identify with your protagonist due to the fact that maybe you don't necessarily identify as what the protagonist is. And so you see these different characters that you may identify with more. So therefore you'll go to battle for them. And I would die for Faye and her ability to scream at the sky. All right. That's what I love. I love that. She's like, Hey, the goddesses only talk to me and they only give me downloads of their conversations after you solve a certain puzzle. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So important facts, important additional facts. One of those cute little robots Actually, Link is able to bring back fully to life and he becomes, and I shit you not, the biggest simp for Fee. Literally, Fee can like twinkle in the sky for a second and that robot brings his ass within five seconds to be like, Mistress Fee, what do you need? And you're like, wow, my, my excuse me, sir, can we take a breath? She literally called you a second ago. It's <laughs> Mistress Fee. It's very, and he's rough at Link. He's like, what does this prissy pants want? And you're just like, my dude. Literally, that no is a microaggression. Super, super. Su I mean, to be fair, uh, the reason he wears the outfit he does, like, this is the truth's explanation, like, canonically, why Link wears that green tunic, and it's because, so he's like in the Night Academy, uh, like on like the the in Skyloft is the, is that area. Yes. And so everybody who graduates from the Night Academy, they get a certain uniform. And what distinguishes them as a new knight is everybody gets a different color. And so Lynx is green. He's just like, I want green. And they're like, great, there isn't a green in your graduating class. So you get green. Um, <laughs> That's so anticlimactic. I'm so it is. It, it's literally just like, hey, so, so Pippet's got yellow and Fiona's got orange uh link you want blue or green i'll take green all oh, right fletch okay. you get blue <laughs> god damn it it's so it's such a like wow okay i mean yeah i mean makes sense i guess um, oh my god okay so other things we find out he's got to go between the three different areas and he's got to go there three different times and every time it's a little bit bigger of an area a little bit bigger of an area and it's a little bit different of a challenge and it's a little bit different of an interaction enough that it's different but you know whatever people are obviously going to complain if they want to complain about something that they didn't you know i guess expect because you know them and their infinite knowledge of game development can really do better <laughs> um, <laughs> So he collects, like, maps and weapons and, like, songs and, like, dragons are real at some point. And then there's only, like, three of them. And one of them's dead. But you keep, like, bringing back the time. And then you realize, like, oh, I'm not sure about the concept of death currently. You know, you have those moments on occasion. Occasionally, yeah. Okay, now we're going to get to the villain. I guess it's, it's, it's very interesting. So the villain is, like, this waif-esque guy named Garahim. Who literally, so his whole purpose is like he's introduced and he's like, I will bring back my master a like a la Igor. But like if Igor like had like a super good plastic surgeon, like went on like a really very strict cleanse, like got very involved in aerobics, maybe did some trapeze classes and like really enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. And then really stuck with that white trapeze uniform because, you know, Igor did a stint and he decided to go through a moment and he changed his name to Girahim and we love it for him. Garyhim from formerly known as Gary. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so like basically his whole thing is I must bring back my master and his master's name is Demise, you know, very subtle. We love, we love a name that doesn't tell us what he's about, you know? It, 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 you know, I think I, the only way I think it could be more subtle is just death. Oh no, no, we love, we love a subtle name. Demise, what could he be? Is he a good guy? Let's find out. <laughs> I More fucking, to come. That's like my, <laughs> my favorite. My favorite trope is like 
like villain names that are so fucking obviously like like Doctor Inferno, like shit like that. Like I come love, on, yeah, like Doctor Doom. You're like, wow, I have I have no idea if you are a good good guy. That's crazy. Are you are you a good guy? That's that's insane. You're t- like I feel like Thanos. You're like, wow, I have no idea. But like, if you're something like I'm trying to think. I feel like Doctor Doom is the most obvious villain name. Um. Mr. Sinister. Like, I feel like Batman's got some, like, uh, very obvious Lex names. But Luther. Demise is up Lex there. Luther. Oh, yes. Lex Luthor is very good. But, so what happens is, is Girahim, you know, eventually towards the end of the game, Girahim calls forth his master. His master comes out of this portal. I mean, I'm skipping over quite a lot of plot details. There's a couple of, like, you know, eternity sleeps. Just buy the game. It's only $60. Come exactly, on. <laughs> man. Or, you know, like, you can watch a playthrough. But what I will tell you is the second that Garahim steps out of that portal, sorry, not Garahim, Demise steps out of that portal and Garahim's like, oh my God, Master, I'm like so excited to see you. I have been worshiping you for like most of my life. And then Demise like grabs his skull and he's like, now you're my sword, a la fee, except no simping robot because now you won't be able to leave my sword because I'm going to, you know, like basically I've decided you're my sword. And Garahim uh, doesn't ever talk again because he doesn't have that choice because he's been transformed into a sword by his master. So I guess he's happy. We're going to just go ahead and assume that he's... Fine. Uh, uh, I, I'm so sorry for the silence. I, <laughs> that's, that's a lot. Imagine, um, uh, that's like, re- that's really the equivalent of you working, <laughs> of you working really hard at a project of work, trying to impress your boss and get a promotion. Instead, he just fucking breaks your kneecap. Yeah, just fucking shoots you with a scalp and it's just you like, you're scalp. dead now. And I'm taking credit for your entire project. Yeah, basically. Except turns your body into the project because, like, that's the worst part. Okay, so once you finally defeat Demise and his, you know, uh, Girahim sword, is he's as he's like actually dying. He basically says, as the game is e- like closing on its end, it's he's like, all right. So guess what happening? I'm gonna curse you because I want to be reborn. I'm you're like I know technically I'm dying right now, but I'm too very evil to really die so i'll be coming back at some point in the future and every time i do you guys are gonna join me you and zelda because fuck you both i don't like you and i'm just like interesting because um that seems more like a curse in his direction additionally i feel like there are a lot of curses but this seems like something he inflicted upon himself as well he's like well i can be reborn every you know hundred or so years or i can also be reborn and and have two additional people who will probably kill me every hundred years or so. We gotta have that, you know, MacGuffin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, that is very much the equivalent of the Bond villain explaining his uh, the entirety of his plan. Yeah, oh. Link and Zelda are like, I don't see how this is a bad thing. Like, I'm guaranteed reincarnation. And he's like, ah, shit! Ah! <laughs> so, okay, so this is the cycle. Let me, let me, like, so this is what happens. is Demise is uh, reborn. So, like, 100 years or so from now, he's reborn. As Ganon slash Ganondorf. Um, sometime after Demise is reborn, Link and Zelda follow. Now, the thing is that is important to remember is there are large gaps in the Zelda timeline between games. So a lot of the time, it's just assumed that if a Ganon or Ganondorf is born, um, then a Link and a Zelda will follow. Basically, a Ganon or a Ganondorf always usher in a Link and a Zelda, uh, but it's never, um, if there's only just one Ganondorf, only like, because in Breath of the Wild, there's a Ganondorf and the Link and the Zelda are like reborn. It's a very confusing thing. I'm just going to continue to talk about the cycle. Anyway, so sometimes (laughs) after Demise is reborn, Link and Zelda follow. Important thing to remember, Zelda is always going to be the firstborn daughter of the royal family. So if the current family of Hyrule has a baby and it's a boy and it's firstborn, then that that, uh, family can basically go, great guys, Ganon is not alive. We've done it. Everything's okay. And once the firstborn daughter is born, by obligation, you have to name her Zelda because that's what the rule is. <laughs> they do. They name every firstborn daughter Zelda on the off chance that one of them is the goddess reincarnate. Not all of them are, but they always do it. It's just the tradition. And then Link, what's important to remember is, is a fucking rando out in the world. He's not anyone related to Zelda whatsoever. In Ocarina of Time, he's a kid. He was born to a woman who lived like near the the castle and then she like gave her baby to the tree people. And then... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, 
my favorite, yeah, I love how it looks, it's like Zelda, like a, a, the firstborn daughter of an elite family on the Upper East Side. Link, some kid in Biloxi, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, this, this fucking rando has to go and meet a princess and literally beat the, the embodiment of evil. Can this, he, can he get Amtrak? Like, I, honestly, there is a Zelda game on, that is actually set on railroads, so I... Are you fucking I, kidding me? I was I'm, joking. <laughs> I'm not. There's an actual... It's called the Spirit Tracks. I'm so sorry no, that that's the, the way spirit, you had to find no, this out. that's a double entendre. It tracks. I know. I know. I it does. Mm, I know. I'm sorry that you had to find out this way, but no, uh, that's listen, how it works. I'm finding out a lot of things today. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, a, it's a whole thing. And, like, so here's the thing, is that... This cycle is obviously never ending, which is why you have so many Zelda games. And it's basically, so this game was introduced as a way to kind of explain why all these Zelda games exist, but all these Links and Zeldas don't seem to be related to one another. And it's because technically, no matter what, no matter who the royal family of Hyrule is, the the indication is not that this is all the same bloodline. Possibly Zelda, it is an implication that it is the same bloodline, but at some points there are games in which Zelda is like not she's like secretly like hidden away and like has lived her life not as a princess and you find out that like it, it's it's a very big diverse series of games and uh so now to get to the big the big issues in the fandom so oh, back in the okay. day this they had oh yeah 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 here you go so back in the day the biggest issue was that the Wiimote and the motion controls were garbage. So I'm here to talk about the Switch remaster because that's the one I played. And I played it with a pro controller. And basically, if you play it with a controller instead of a Wiimote or a Joy-Con, it's just a lot easier. It plays a lot better because it's a video game and you're not wanting to, like... I mean, if you want to, you absolutely can because you're swinging the sword. And for some people, it's fun. And for some people, if that's some shit you're going to complain about, I have some great news. You can stop. <laughs> Good job. I Another thing, so I watched an hour and a half uh, retrospective on YouTube about some dude, and he was talking some, like, great stuff about Skyward Sword, and then his big, he was really, uh, like, uh, like hitting home about how the plot of this game just felt so loose and, and, like, light compared to the plot of every other Zelda game in the series, and I wanted to go, like, it's almost if that's on purpose. Huh? Wow. That's, that's crazy. It's different from every other Zelda game. That's, huh. It's, it's almost like this is setting the stage in a lot of its exposition and it's uh -huh. the beginning. Exactly. And have you ever read a book? Have you ever, have you ever heard that the beginning is normally, a, I mean, normally, traditionally, you start off the beginning in a good space. Yeah. You ever, it's, oh God, so many, so many. This is me. Okay. So, so. Before we get into more of the drama, like, yes. not to be a fucking man-hating feminist or anything, <laughs> this is actually about literacy, and it's about male literacy. Yeah. So many of these video game bros have not picked up a book in fucking years, and it shows. Like a real book. Yeah, no, I also think that too many dudes who play video games, um, like, I don't think they necessarily uh, consider an AFAB perspective for video games. I don't think they necessarily look at a video game and like Zelda. And for me, Zelda was always going to be a good game uh, because I, I, you know, I have roots in it by playing it as a child. But Skyward Sword is something that I could have had the chance to play when I was 21. And I went, no, that's stupid. That looks stupid. And I don't want to play it. I, I, I distinctly remember critiquing the using the, the uh, Wiimote to, uh, chop with your sword. I thought that was the dumbest thing ever. And I was like very against it. I mean, I was also very against any additional Pokemon games. And now I'm like 31 and I'm like, huh, well, I was fucking wrong, wasn't I? Because, <laughs> because like it's, the, there is truly an enjoyment in playing a story and immersing yourself in that experience, at least for me at this moment in my life. And so one of the things is that it's a very light, it's a soaring game, it's set in the sky, it's bright, it's exciting. Demise is your big antagonist and the stakes are low in general. Like, yeah, Zelda's been kidnapped and then at some point basically you find Zelda and 
you you're basically this whole idea is about Link's integration into Earth and this guy named Groose he comes down to Earth as well and he's like a, if Gaston grew a conscience halfway through Beauty and the Beast um like he's very fun and we love him in the end because he's just very nice and like he's one of those characters where where like he becomes a himbo halfway through and you just enjoy that um there's definitely some lore or like headcanons within the community that Groose was the start of the Gerudo tribe, but that is 100% not confirmed in any way, shape, or form. And this uh, game doesn't in any way, shape, or form set up how the Gerudos start. So it's not really like, yeah, sure, Groose could have started it because he was a redheaded dude, I guess, with a kind of pointy nose, but not really enough to, like, I feel like create an entire, you know, race of people (laughs) yeah i know it's not a going concern necessarily yeah so so okay so that's the big thing is that they're like the stakes are low and i'm like yes because things are allowed to be fun and light and you're not allowed to like be angry all the time like you can enjoy a game for being stupid and silly and and you know light and not having this heaviness to it uh so like one of the things is that uh the demise fight is only one fight. And usually in like video games, you'll have your big boss fight like several times or it'll drag on really, really long. And demise is something that if you know how to beat him, you can beat him very fast, even in like an actual, just skillful way, not being um, like a certain level or anything. And that's what Zelda's always been about. You don't really level. You just get more heart containers so you don't die as quick and you get better at the game that way. And he appears only at the end, like a fucking, like a Thanos in like an end credit scene in the Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever. You're like, this is bullshit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't matter because I think the game is not set up to like talk about how, how evil the world was and more about like how new it was and how like new it could be. And it's, and all the complaints about like the map size and, you know, why is the sky so empty? Why is the rock so, I mean, I just... Okay, so go ahead and add more. I just, it's so weird to me. Yeah, exactly. Like, for me, if I have complaints on a game, my complaints are, like, on the story or on the voice acting or on, like, if they're, it's really glitchy, you know, like, you just can't get through it playing it without, like, something, like, moving out of place. Um, but I also think that people are allowed to have different opinions. And if you don't like a video game, that's totally fine. But that doesn't mean everyone has to agree with you. And I personally am super happy that there's a happy Zelda game outside of Link's Awakening because um, Link's Awakening is also pretty fucking depressing at the end. (laughs) Yeah, like, these games don't seem the most happy. And, like, I think a lot of, I think a lot of modern video game discourse has been ruined by the fact that there are professional video game players out there now. Yeah, And, like, man. the Twitch is such a thing. Yeah, I really I do think... think that's why this is so fucking prevalent. This complaining about the fact that, like, devs work so hard, dude. Yeah, yeah I think it's because, so, it's... <laughs> I have an I like Twitch as a concept with regards to commentary or like for me I like the idea of when I play certain video games I love to talk during them especially if it's my second playthrough or third playthrough depending on the game um or fourth playthrough depending on the game Kingdom Hearts what um, <laughs> I don't know the plot of Kingdom Hearts but it's so much fun for me to play with my husband and I will just like take the controller and like we will let the cutscenes play and I will just talk so much shit about the characters. Like, I will create the silliest jokes. And it's a lot of fun for me because I know these series like the back of my hand. So it's like when I play something like Final Fantasy X, any of the, like the entirety of the Kingdom Hearts series, I, we're replaying Final Fantasy VII Remake right now. Anything that I have like a deep love for, I love giving a funny commentary on. So like... I think something like that can be super enjoyable, but when you when you're like so hypercritical of a game because you're so used to a certain expectation level of like from a consumer, then I think you know as a consumer of video games, you need to either stop uh, consuming games that aren't up to your standard level or accept that unless you want to take game dev classes and learn how to make a video game on your own and understand that the process is excruciatingly long and so intensive on such horrible deadlines, 
I mean, that's basically like how I sit with regards to video game critique. I never want to shit on a game dev when I know they're working as hard as they can and they're working their asses off when it's the companies that are putting these crazy deadlines on them. The game devs, this is a, this is a labor of what they, you know, usually it's a labor of love because they love what they do. That's why they do it. Exactly. Like getting into designing video games at a professional level is like truly like passion because it's fucking hard it's intensely competitive mm-hmm. and like <clears throat> it's it's a big bad scary world in a legitimate way like this is it's it, like the computer animators and the video game developers kind of go hand in hand like though these types of industries like that's a solid job if you can get it exactly it's and the thing is with with game devs usually it's usually contract work or you work for a specific studio and they'll like have a certain game and they'll be like okay you've got to do this you've got to do that and like like there so many studios are obviously so shitty to their devs activision being one of them obviously they've uh, filed several lawsuits against blizzard activision um i will say that this is not released by blizzard activision so you should probably feel okay purchasing it um (laughs) I also think that the Nintendo company is way different because the Nintendo company sticks to its IPs like fucking glue, like fucking crazy glue, like Gorilla Glue, like you accidentally thought was like Elmer's. Um, Because after, so they defeated Sega in the sense that now they can release Sonic games on Nintendo systems, but like in the sense that Link and Zelda and Mario and Pokemon are not going fucking anywhere. Like... (laughs) Kingdom Hearts will take a trip to, you know, a Nintendo platform on occasion, but when it owns, it releases consistent quality. And that's something that I really love about the Zelda franchises because I find that you, I think they accommodate for several types of gamers within their systems. I don't think that they are different in the way that if you like a certain Zelda game, you won't like another one. I think it's just... It depends on how much you want to get invested in this franchise. So, like, you're going to have some uh, SNES games, I think, for Zelda or Mm -hmm. um, Super Nintendo. And it's going to be, obviously, a bit painful to get through because it is so old and so pixelated. (laughs) It's just the truth. I mean, literally, any guy who's going to, like, talk about, oh, but it's the best. It's like, okay. Or you were born in 1970 and it's okay. Nostalgia occasionally speaks, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, we understand it's not a bad thing. Like, sometimes we we grew up with what we love, and that's the best thing that there is. And I agree. I love my uh, Ocarina of Time. And they recently, like, released a whole thing on the Switch with Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, like, N64 games that they that Nintendo basically said, we're not going to re-release. We're literally just going to give you access to a downloadable file or like a streamable file of the video game so that you don't, you pay, it's it's like Netflix for Nintendo games for the N64. That's kind of cool, actually. It super is, and I, really, I need to get it. I'm really excited to play. That's, uh, really, <laughs> that's really, really great. I The thing is, like, I, I'm all about accessibility. Exactly. Like, when it comes to these things. And... A lot of the reason why I didn't become good at video games um, when I was younger was because I was made fun of for being bad at video games. And I didn't have the dexterity. Nobody sat me down and taught me how. They just got impatient with me mm-hmm. when I wasn't able to do it. I The hand-eye coordination thing just, it's weird. I can play instruments, like, really well, but I can't do <laughs> video games for some reason. It just doesn't One of connect. those is way more, I, I mean, I love video games and I'm happy that I'm good at them, but I'm just going to let you know that playing an instrument is obviously, I think, personally, much better skill to have. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um... That was that was just more of a like oh this is an interesting like hand eye coordination thing but it is it is super I mean certain video games are just difficult you know obviously older so games are, are like especially when we're talking like simpler pixelated games they're a little bit easier a little bit more accessible not crazily accessible either though they can be difficult they have a big learning curve but uh, with games like that are ported to the N sixty four. I mean, there were all sorts of games for the N64, and I don't know, I'm certain you remember, but legitimately the N64 was, like, such a kid system, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like it was strictly marketed for children. Oh, yeah, no, the N64 was not a system for adults. I feel like the PlayStation 
or like, yeah, was like a teenager, like twenty year old system, a you teenager, know, teenager twenty year old system. And as they got well, like as they evolved, like the PS two, the PS three, mm-hmm. then it got more adult. Then it got more of a thing because they used to be because they were able to play DVDs and like yeah, like like uh, you could link hard drives to them. That's how a lot of my friends like we watch television. Yeah, houses because you could link a hard drive to a PS2. Oh, it's amazing that way. Yeah. Oh, it's like PlayStation has always been super cutting edge with its technology, and it's always been in competition with Xbox. But one thing Xbox and PlayStation both agree on is that they can't compete with Nintendo. There's no reason to because they can't. There's no. There's. They're never going to take a fan of Nintendo's away. Yeah, because Nintendo, unlike Xbox, Xbox and PS2, three PlayStation, yeah, have such a masculine image to them like this is only for boys only for amab cis people yeah yeah you know and this is not for everybody yeah and i think that actually i'd say specifically that title seems almost more so towards xbox than playstation but i guess oh, xbox, that's all- x definitely xbox for sure i mean i'm also personally a very big playstation fan so obviously i'm gonna be like no i like it too but also truly i've seen people lose their shit over xboxes so um, yeah, I know. um i'm not i'm not saying that no most of the people i've known who have owned playstations have been women yeah i just yeah but but you're absolutely right with it you're absolutely right with regards to it's these are more adult consoles like xbox and playstation are just for adults more so and nintendo has always had this idea of all ages not one specific age and i think that's why I could find a benefit in any game that's been released for Nintendo. I would say that most of them are worth their money, and that's why Nintendo very rarely drops the price of popular games, no matter how many years pass since it's released. Yeah, exactly. This is... I think this this is a console you could introduce to your children. Oh, and that's my plan. It, It totally is. I mean, I'm... I don't, I think video games are immersive. I think especially games in the Nintendo franchise, there's not a, there's not a lot of voice acting in Nintendo video games. A lot of reading, quite a lot of reading, actually. Love that. And it's, I just, I love the IPs that Nintendo puts forth. Now, one of the other big criticisms about the Switch version was that like, uh, it felt like they nerfed it or whatever. Because nerfing, okay, so what this means is when you nerf something, it means that you've made it very easy. So like in the way that a nerf is not a real gun. Grow up. Oh my God. I know. And that's Grow the thing is, is also people do have nostalgia goggles. Like you said, it's that people, it, a game was very difficult. Like, so this came out in 2011. So if you're a Gen Zer, you're probably like a 10 year old in 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Or a 12 year old. So you're playing a game for Wii that's, one, using the Wiimote, most likely these kids were using the Wiimote, and it was way more difficult, you know? And because they were kids, a 10-year-old and a 25-year-old playing a video game, 25-year-olds probably going to do a bit better. <laughs> just, a, just a little, just dexterity alone, you know? Yeah, when it comes to Zelda, I mean, if it's Fortnite, I don't know why an adult's playing that game, personally. Uh, we're not going to talk. No, we're never going to say that word ever again. <laughs> yeah, but... permaban. This is a... This is a a a, a Fortnite hate podcast. (laughs) Yes, exactly. We're never going to. But if you do love Zelda in all its forms, so like if you're me and you love Zelda in all its forms, it's like happiness, it's sad moments. I would recommend this game very heavily, especially if you have kids, especially if you don't have kids, especially if you enjoy like bright, happier games that aren't about the world ending and how your life is the worst fucking thing or the zombie apocalypse or, you know, I don't know, just a ton of horrible, sad games. This one has so few sad moments and it's just good. It's so good to play a game that's long, that's not sad. And yeah, and yeah, I completely agree with you. And I think... Unfortunately, not to bring up the big bad, but it, it has peppered our podcast since we started it. Yeah. We're in tough times right now. And I, you know, if I were to sit down and play a video game, you know, if I were to say, get a Nintendo Switch, which I am considering. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And like, pop in this game. I don't want to play a game that's going to make me upset. I'm already upset. Exactly, exactly. And Switch titles have been consistently, I think, consistently uh, more so on this spectrum of, of, 
less negativity, less dark pa color palettes, less less monotone color palettes, and more geared towards. So they recently did. Um, so one one thing I bought. I mean, this is a total tangent, and I know we're towards the end of the podcast, but I'd like to just end on this note. One of the things that we purchased for the Nintendo Switch is uh, Pokemon Let's Go. And Pokemon Let's Go is basically like a retelling of the first Pokemon games, but in very, very updated graphics, obviously, for the Switch. And it plays a bit different, not the same. It's a bit different for mom and dad because, you know, I was seven when it came out. And so it's we haven't played it yet because personally we're saving it for when my baby is a bit older and, and she can enjoy the aspects of, of a game like Pokemon, just pressing A and pressing A and learning type advantage, but like simple level, like, okay, we know that water is strong against fire and electric is strong against water. And like, you know, just fun, simple stuff like that, that actually surprisingly is, you know, relevant. You know that if there's something electric and you see water there, you learn from Pokemon, don't touch that. <laughs> yeah, like... That's that's not a tangent at all, because I think that's really, like, the point of Skyward Sword. Yeah. Is that I, it's is it, family. It's for everybody. It is for everyone. Video games should be for everyone. And exactly. Like, this game sounds like it is for everyone. Exactly. And there's definitely some parts of the game where if you're a kid and you're playing with your parents, you'd immediately hand over the controller and go, Mom, I need help. And even if your mom or your dad had never played like a Zelda game before, like there's absolutely lots of families own Switches uh, just due to the fact that it's really easy to know that every video game for the Switch is most likely approved for children. So it just, as, as a parent, it sets your mind a bit at ease to know that if your like five-year-old comes in and you're playing Animal Crossing, you're not going to worry about them coming in on a really brutal like moment from Last of Us 2. Um, yeah, no, we're not we're not doing that. <laughs> no, absolutely you're not. Bu but, you're building your house. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. I mean, listen, as a parent, you're entitled to whatever fun games you want. But the best thing about games like Zelda and specifically Skyward Sword is that there is this lightness to it, but this this grandeur, this way, this way it's this way of feeling just a bit more light because you're in the air. It's 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 a game set in the sky and it kind of just feels more magical than you've had a chance to experience, I think, at yeah. this point in, in, you know, COVID times. And there's so much... That we, we don't do high fantasy enough anymore. We don't. Video games are supposed to be fantastical. You know what? I can actually tell you what the, the best thing I ever did with regards to playing this game was to never play the original. Now, I'm not angry that the price... First of all, I'm not angry about the $60 price tag because every Switch game costs $60. So, like, being upset... Literally everyone. Literally every Switch game costs $60. Then, and now, I get to enjoy something that I did not get to enjoy at 21 due to, you know, I was literally, like, in a way different headspace at 21 and not ready to absorb this kind of lightness. I was in my own personal dark space and probably would have rejected something like this at, this mo at that moment. And now yeah. I'm in this space where it's just so much darkness all of the time in my actual real world. And I need to create some light in my own space. And I'd say if you need a like a light space with a good ending, like even as Demise curses them, Link's like, okay, but like you're not coming back in my lifetime. And Demise is like, no, no, I'm defeated. And Link's like, all right, sucks then. For the future. <laughs> like, like, like loops and logic and plot holes and silly things and like things where your imagination kind of like runs rampant and Gorko, who is just a fucking rock. <laughs> Gorko, Gorko's like ca carrying around with a map and a backpack and he's like, hey buddy, did you know you can write on walls? And we're like, yeah, Gorko. <laughs> Everyone fucking knew that, Gorko. <laughs> yeah, Gorko, you have writing on your skin, on your rock skin. Like that's a, technically you're a wall. Gorko's like, all right, have a good day, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Gorko's like in one non-air out the other. It's a fun game. It's a good game to laugh at. If you want to play something and create a fun little narrative and talk about how Gorko is just so dumb and we love him so much. And listen, when we say Gorko has rocks for brains, we literally mean that Gorko is a sentient rock who also eats rocks and most likely does have a brain that is part rock. So no offense to rocks, but the Goron people are like basically rock people so yep <laughs> well to just to just end on a like a really like soft and squishy note um, yes this game again i'm not a video game person i've considered buying a switch and i'm probably going to make the leap but 
I have a lot of baggage when it comes to video games and my enjoyment of them. And yeah. having this kind of reframed my like. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm happy to, I am happy to explain to you. I mean, listen, I've played a lot of games for the Switch. I have several of the Pokemon games. And this this thing that... Okay, for me, it's this heavy nostalgia trip. Like, I can think about times when I was much younger and feel more connected to my children. Um, and, like, I like that because, for me, Nintendo games will always age like a fine wine. No matter no matter how terrible the pixelation is, for me, it'll age well. Uh, and there, you're going to have a lot more options when it comes to uh, a lighter, like, you know, source material. And you do, you can get some difficult games. You can get some games with some heavy, you know, like you can pay for that subscription and you can play Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and cry about life and death. Um, <laughs> if you want to, Nintendo has a beautiful large catalog, uh, but the Switch especially has a, has a nice catalog of just lighter titles. And Skyward Sword is one of them that is both actually literally a beautiful painting, light imaging like, it's just a visual cuisine. <laughs> and I think that for anybody who... And listen, there's obviously a bit of a learning curve, but I had last played... And I tried playing Breath of the Wild, and I give up every time I try playing it. I fucking hate it. I get so angry playing it. This game, it felt like an old hat, and I loved that. So I'd say if you're, if you're willing to go for the Switch, I'd say this game, especially if you've never played a Zelda game before... That's the perfect one to pick up. Perfect. That sounds really good. Yeah, it sounds like a fun way. I mean, in general, video games are, if you get the Switch Lite, that's a handheld. So if you're like on public transportation, using that, or like, you know, if you're waiting in a doctor's office, or, you know, if you're out of the house and you just want something like you're on a vacation or you're like traveling, it's something good to have on you because, you know, it's a little handheld, but it's like a very nice big screen and... We're adults, so we have bigger bags that we can stick shit in and, you know. Yeah, it's great. I have a big old purse. I also, like, as an adult, I could spend 50 straight minutes talking about Skyward Sword and my mom's not going to open the door and go, Megan, Megan, have you just spent an hour straight talking about a video game? And I'll go, yes, I did. (laughs) And that's the beauty of being an adult. We all make our own choices. Yeah, yeah. And much like Skyward Sword will be remastered in five to ten years. <laughs> wicked, 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 wicked dab. All right. Oh, my goodness. Uh, this was fun, though. This was fun. This was really nice. This was very, like, calm. Yeah, good way to start the year. Good way to start 2022, too. 2020. 2022 Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Thank you. I will be here because I am a host on this podcast. So yes. prepare for more horrible jokes like that next time on Dear Fandom. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you you know the drill. If you haven't been vaccinated at this point, please get vaccinated. If, if you, you haven't have been vaccinated, gotten, if, stop listening to the podcast. Yeah, no, honestly. But like if you haven't gotten a booster, get a booster. Yeah, get I just got mine. Booster. And uh, for right now, guys, it is the new year. It is winter. We're about to be buckling down, guys. Go out. Get a Switch. They're more in stock right now. Or, you know, uh, go and buy one secondhand and play some video games. And, you know, we'll all bunker down. We'll be fine, hopefully, once the spring hits. But until then, you get us in lots of episodes. Hell yeah. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.